Greetings and salutations, friends. Welcome to this episode of Boundaries and Coping Skills Podcast, where we discuss all things from popular culture to science, art, and spirituality, as these topics relate to mental health and holistic well-being. I'm your host, Asia Gray. I'm a neurodivergent trauma coach, licensed psychologist, and some say magician. Our co-host is Master of Disaster, Logan Retz. Our spin doctor is Laura Leachman. Our podcast producer and engineer is David Combs. Boundaries and Coping Skills podcast is community supported. If the podcast has added value to your life, donate to help offset our costs at boundariesandcopingskills.com forward slash donate. Thank you for tuning in. And we hope this episode of Boundaries and Coping Skills will bring you some joy, insight, and a little magic to your life. Let's dive in. How do you cultivate gratitude when you're feeling resistant and you don't want to? Welcome to the podcast. It's Thanksgiving week. So we are all working on, with so much love, internal and external boundaries and coping skills. Logan and Dave are here with me tonight. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello. All right. How are we going to cultivate gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, and why should we? It's Thanksgiving week. So you said, how should we? (laughs) Can you repeat the question? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Where's Laura to put it in an email? Mm. Mm. Okay, we could call her. Cultivating gratitude in times of stress when maybe we don't feel like talking about or wanting to cultivate gratitude. How do we do that? I think, I mean, it's so ironic that we have Thanksgiving with our families and it's always stressful and everybody can't wait to go and... I mean, yeah, yeah. that's kind of how it typically goes. <laughs> but we're supposed to be grateful during that time. So I think that's that's a perfect opportunity to talk about, you know, when we don't feel like it, cultivating gratitude. Because I feel like if everybody did that, the whole the whole scene would change. Like if everybody were in a state of gratitude, they wouldn't be worried about, you know, the things we worry about when, when we're in those stressful situations, like we would just, I think everything would go better, you know? Yeah. But how do you do that? That's the question. And I, I didn't answer that. <laughs> Not even close. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely something I'm going to have to figure out. I don't have any healthy way of handling that. What do you mean you have no healthy way of handling Well, okay. Uh, um, so anytime that gratitude's ever came up with me, uh, it seems like I've had to lose it to realize that I was grateful for it. And I don't know if that's just being entitled, but it probably is. You know, just a sense of entitlement. But you, know, you don't appreciate something until it's gone. And then it's just like anything else, too. Once you get it back, you get used to it, and the gratitude dies off, and, and the entitlement comes back. And we were just joking about that, how we shit and clean water. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. What? You were just joking about what? Shitting and clean water. Oh, do you want to say more about that? Yeah. Okay. Like, how um, you know, I don't know what percentage of the world doesn't have access to clean potable water, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, funny, not funny, but it's funny that, you know, we waste so much of it. Yeah, wasn't there a movie about it? 
Oh, idiocracy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were talking about that because <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> the suggestion is that they water the uh, plants with um, actual water instead of um, energy drinks. So, so when he suggests the main character, when he suggests it, um, they're like, he's like, we should put water on the plants, and they were like, you mean like from the toilet? <laughs> So anyway, we're we're cultivating gratitude when we don't feel like it. Okay, so what do you recommend? What do you do? I not speaking from an expert point of view, this is more theoretical, I think, because I'm not sure I've done it. Well, I have actually, now that I think about it. Um I have worked at jobs before that I I did not enjoy. I would almost say hated. And it was really hard to go in every day knowing that I was going to be doing the thing I hated for the next eight hours. So I had to think about what was good and what I valued about that job. And, um, you know, one of the things is the paycheck. Like that was how I was paying my bills. So, you know, not everybody was in that situation. You know, a lot of people are trying to find a job or, um, underemployed, like, you know, doing something that's below beneath their skill level, you know, all of that. So when I thought about those things and, you know, it did help cultivate that gratitude in my heart where I was like, yeah, this is how I'm paying my bills. I should be thankful, you know, and, and have a sense of gratitude about that. Um, also, I thought about the people that I worked with and how, I could be just an encouragement to them or like a, I don't know, just be a positive force for, for good, even though it was an oppressive environment where people were like, you know, just, you could just feel it. And I was like, well, maybe if I can be a positive, you know, in all of this negativity, then maybe it can spread and, I don't know. I was just like, how can I impact one person today for good? It went well. Yeah. Yeah. I got my focus off myself, you know, and how shitty my life was at that job and started thinking about, well, these other people are having similar experiences. How can I like help them today? You know, I mean, I, even today, like this was, um, this was, we had a pitch in for Thanksgiving at work. And, um, you know, you hear people, unfortunately, like there's all this food that they didn't have to pay for, you know, like you bring some, you know, donuts or chips or whatever, you know, and you get like access to this buffet of, you know, all kinds of good stuff. But I did hear people saying, oh, the beans are cold, you know, like, all right, so they're cold, but like, look at all this good stuff here, you know. But I thought I thought about that, and there was a one of my um, coworkers. She was carrying out the pot, the crock pot, and so I knew what she brought because it was the little uh, barbecue sausages. Uh, they were so everybody good. loves those. Yeah. So she brought the barbecue sausages, and after she put it in her car, I realized that was who brought them, and I I just thanked her. I was like, "Oh, so you brought those um, barbecue sausages?" And she was like, "Yeah, yeah, that was me." 
And I was like, well, thank you so much. Those were really good. And I just saw her like face change, you know, yeah. she went from like, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of like, kind of not melancholy, but just very, you know, just somber or whatever. And she just like lit up. She was like, oh, you're welcome. You know, and I don't know. It was a simple little act. It didn't cost me anything, you know, but I just expressed that gratitude and I, I saw the impact, you know, so just a tiny little thing though, but I think everything starts, I mean, not everything, but a lot of things start small, you know, and can impact that one person. And then, you know, maybe their day is going a little better. So they're more likely to do the same thing for someone else. And it just kind of can carry through, you know, it's like, it's almost like contagious. <laughs> Just like a bad mood can be contagious. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, those those feelings of you know, something that I was thinking of when we were talking about it, that I wanted to touch before I forget about it. Um you were talking about, you know, the tough work place mm -hmm. and you know, all of that. Um, you know if, yeah, sticking it out and making good the best you can at the workplace is mm -hmm. great, but where do you put that boundary mm. um, yeah. to where it's a toxic and you need to go mm -hmm. and do something else? Yeah, you know. So when does the when does the consequences outweigh the the reward from that? And you know, mm -hmm. that's some that's something else too that you don't want to be overly grateful. You know that you. Put up with some stuff that you don't, you should mm. put up with. Yeah. Can you give some examples? So that's boundaries. Workplace, workplace is the best example that I can think of. Go um, for it. I, could get, I, I got out of jail and um, driving home from jail, I saw a sign that people for tree work. And I called the number and I landed to that job right then and there. Uh, the job was terrible. The pay was terrible, but I was so grateful just to have a job. I was fresh out of jail. I was working outside again, you know. Uh, and then with time, that gratitude died out and was resentful because I have all this experience and bring all this to the table. You know, I made this guy so much money, that kind of deal. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I left that workplace and moved on to something better. Yeah. So I guess yeah, gratitude definitely is uh, subjective. Mm -hmm. It's the highest. Yeah. Yeah. When can gratitude be like a fault almost, like mm -hmm. holding you back from something better? Hmm. I don't know. Explain how that could work. It's like what? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Logan was was I think expressing it well when he he just said like, when does it you know, when do you cross those boundaries and you're like almost like harming yourself by staying in that position, but you're like, well, I'm grateful I have a job, you know, but it, it could be holding you back. I guess that's what I was thinking. Cause you know, uh, for me, when I, when I left that job that I mentioned, um, I felt like my time was done there. Like I had done what I came to do there. And it was just time to move on. 
And so I left, but I didn't leave with um, resentment or anything like that. So I think I found that boundary, you know, where it was like useful for me to be there. And I was still getting something for being there, giving something. But at some point it just, it felt like it wasn't going to go any further. Like that was what I could do, you know? Yeah. So I felt ready to move on. I turned in my notice and, you know, didn't look back, but I, I, I have gratitude for that learning experience, you know, because it did, it did impact me. So. Oh, that's a good thing. That's a good, uh, Subtopic too, uh, finding gratitude in negative situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> I immediately think of you know a, f- a friend overdosing, yeah, and me be uh, taking the same drugs that they were, and being like, oh shit, and getting sober off of those drugs. And there's a gratitude there that I recognize that I had a problem before I ended up like my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like the most morbid, morbid example. <laughs> well, like, no, it's real life. Yeah. I mean, people overdose on things all the time. You can overdose on being right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and if you're in active addiction, you see it so much that you're almost numb to it. Well, it's another funeral, and at that funeral, everybody's getting high on literally what the person in the coffin got mm-hmm. high on. Yeah. That just sounds crazy as shit, but when you're an addict, it's uh-huh. hmm. no big deal. Right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Moment of silence. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So... I'm trying, I'm thinking of some circumstances where it was negative. Like one big one for me was, um, when I was 20 years old and I attempted suicide and I remember, you know, when I woke up, um, I remembered being confused at first and I was like, why didn't that work? And I felt like I had even fucked up that, you know, like I felt like my life was a big fuck up. And then I was like, and I can't even do this right. You know? And I, that was my first thought and it felt very negative. Like, why am I still here? Like I gave up, you know? And at some point though, I did start feeling gratitude that I was still alive. I started to see things and be like, ah, you know, not everything is, is awful little by little. You know, and so, yeah, I felt like I had a second chance and I was like, man, if I can do anything, you know, I just want to, I felt like just serve my purpose, you know, like, why am I still here? I need to find that and do that. And, you know, I did find a lot of purpose in a lot of things, but at that time, I I think, well, what it was, was religion was the, the, the big thing, you know, the big idea that I was, um, so, um, fascinated with, or it was so compelling to me, I guess, like if there is a God, then he still wants me to be here or she or whatever still wants me to be here. 
And so I need to figure out why I'm still here, you know? So I, I did like street preaching. I would go out on the corner of like, um, I'm trying to think of some of the spots, 38th and Sherman, I think. Um, there was a car wash there back then, <laughs> but, uh, I would go out and we would set up speakers and, um, just preach, you know, like I would tell my story that, you know, I was into drugs and alcohol and all of that stuff. And, you know, that I effectively, I, I said, well, that's, you know, that's how I ruined my life. And then would tell people that I attempted suicide and then um, just tell them like, you know, God loves you. Like, and he has a purpose for your life and, you know, come to Jesus and all of that. And people would come up and just start telling their stories. And, you know, I would pray with them and stuff and just, I don't know. It was, um, but then, you know, it was pretty soon after the like elation of all that, I started to remember the reasons why I had walked away in the first place, like the hypocrisy and the, um, uh, legalism, um, where, you know, it was just like the rules to keep people out. It felt like, you know, like you can't do this or you can't whatever, um, and be a part of our club, you know, all of those rules and, um, all of that got to me. And then I kind of figured out my own path, I guess. But the gratitude was, you know, that stayed with me for, you know, for like a life. Anytime things suck, I look back and I'm like, man, they don't suck as bad as then, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and I got, you know, I got through that. I survived it barely, you know, but um, not by my own choice did I survive, you know? So, yeah, gratitude. It's definitely something to be grateful for. Yeah. And uh, I did look up some stuff about gratitude before tonight. And um, one of the one of the articles I found was about um, Mm -hmm. vibrational frequencies and how um, the uh, the vibration of gratitude is 540 megahertz and it's on the same level as love or in that same range of higher vibrations and uh, the more time you can spend in gratitude and love the more your body's frequency raises and the healthier your body becomes so it's like this idea you know that everything is energy everything is vibrating and everything responds to the energies around them so um the idea that your body you know like the if you if you're vibrating at a lower frequency your body is more inclined to get sick is like the way to put it so when you're you know when your vibration is higher um the opposite is true your body is more likely to be healthy and all of that so Yeah, there's a wonderful movie called The Secret. I know it's a little bit older. Totally worth the watch. Especially pay super close attention to 
Dr. Emoto's studies on water molecules and what happens to water molecules under a microscope when words are specifically written, such as gratitude or love, versus one that say, you make me sick, right? So the, when you write something negative, imagine what happens, right? The cells deteriorate, they look terrible. Hot mess express. And then, of course, the ones um, that are based in higher vibrational consciousness, thinking, feeling states, of course, blossom and make just amazing snowflake structures. It's just fractal geometry. It's lovely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, how do you raise your vibe, man? <laughs> by, by having an attitude of gratitude. Yes. Right on. Sometimes it's really difficult. Yeah, and it's, that can be so difficult when we're carrying forth you know, stories and and we're, we, which we always are you know, the author of our stories, of course, but we're carrying forward our stories and looking at how do I make sense of them and keep my zen and have an attitude of gratitude, knowing I'm walking for a lot of people right now, right back into the lion's then the hot seat, or, you know, for some, a lot of source of wounding. And some things aren't resolved yet, and some things have been resolved, and other people don't yet know that they've been resolved, and X, Y, or Z, any number of scenarios. Yeah. Coming together. And so we were looking into what do we do with the resistance if we're like, yeah, but oh man, the last time we had a gathering, it wasn't so good. Right. And so like, what do we do with that? Well, first we, we slow down ourselves. We slow down and ground and get centered for ourselves before we panic. And then we do the same practices, right? Like what that, which works for us, but certainly if you need to cognitive behaviorally count backwards from five, right? Okay. Your program, if you will. Yeah. I don't know. Edit that out, I guess. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's part things for me too. Like just, um, yeah. I mean, being in the present moment and, yeah. you know, I think when, at least when I am practicing gratitude, I'm more, attuned to like what's happening around me and not just what's going on in my own head or whatever. Um, I was looking it up and they said appreciation is the highest form of gratitude. I love that. That yeah, was sweet. And so how to cultivate it is like use sensory start small. What flames? Cool. <laughs> There's a candle on the table going and it does smell like lavender. <laughs> lavender something. <laughs> Vaping. We're not condoning vaping, are we? No. Of course. Anything. No, we don't. <laughs> Some of those may lead to deportation and yeah. side effects that are worse than an actual commercial. <laughs> it's not the destination, man. It's the journey. Hey, Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> That's a Hawaiian bowling shirt for you. <laughs> okay, if you start running around with an attorney, I'm going to be worried. I hang out with a psych doctor. That's <laughs> 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 pretty bad. <laughs> My best friend is a therapist. <laughs> Off duty. <laughs> Fact. <laughs>
for off duty though. It's a vocation and an avocation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't do that job. You love that job. Mm-hmm. You can't do it well. That's for sure. You can really injure people and yourself. Yeah. 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 I remember. Uh, I can't remember the name of the place. Not that I would disclose it, anyways. But I was doing a telehealth call, and it was the first time I'd ever done that. Uh-huh. And it was with a psychiatrist. Uh-huh. And uh, they asked me had I ever been diagnosed before. I'm like, yes, I was diagnosed twice um, separately with this. And uh, it was just a terrible experience. She put me on pause to go get her DoorDash at her house. And, you know, then was talking to me about eating her DoorDash. And I'm like, on the verge of tears, you know. Yeah. I mean? Like it was terrible. Oh man. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's yeah. If you know you're uh, in a low spot, and don't just get discouraged the first thing, because it took me a while of looking and asking for help before I found what fit. And that's changed everything. It's just the persistence. You know, you're feeling some type of way and you need to get fixed. That's your priority. Take care of yourself. Absolutely. And I'm just going to blast it again. You know, we've got resources at the end of every podcast for mental health support. If you're thinking of suicide, hey, listen, if you're thinking of suicide, listen, that, doesn't, that does not remotely mean that there's something wrong or bad with you. Okay, you are not broken. We can help you. We collectively want to help you. We hear you, we see you, we feel you. Okay, so check out the resources the resources at the end. Definitely call. Um, the new hashtag is pretty awesome. It's 988 instead of 911. And 988 is the National Suicide Hotline. They're great. You can call anonymously, of course. Um, please reach out. Okay. Yeah, it's relatively new. You can walk right into any emergency room right now. If you're feeling suicidal, you can drive to your car, catch an Uber, you can walk. You can walk into an ER right now and it not be a huge trauma drama. You are not a burden. This is something that we're trained to do and help you with. You can just come right on in right now. And sometimes it does take medication and therapy to get better. But what you're experiencing is normal but abnormal. So we want to help you with that. That's what mental health is for. That's why we do this work. Because we do care. We want to serve you well. Give us an opportunity. Get well it's no different than if you had a broken leg and you would go to the ER to get an x-ray and they would say, hey, bruh, you need a cast and six weeks of crutches. Okay. Most major depressive episodes can be majorly shifted long before that. Help. There's hope. There's absolutely hope. Well, it's a future mm-hmm. podcast for sure. It's a, uh, Yeah. yeah. Predicting the weather, I guess. Predicting the weather of suicidality? 
Suicidality, uh, mania, yeah. Okay. The main indicators are my sleep is off, my appetite is off, my mood is off, something's off, and or I have so much going on right now, I am in absolute overwhelm. Tends to manifest into two extremes, anxiety or depression, right? So a depressive episode can lead to suicidality pretty quickly. Anxiety as well if you spiral. So if you're finding yourself symptomatic, which is like, I can't get out of bed. I am overwhelmed. I'm struggling to complete tasks. I'm like suddenly even more forgetful. Um, I have loss of interest of things that I used to love to do. Um, I'm behind on catching up with my friends. I'm good just staying here watching Netflix. DoorDash is fine. Um, paper plates are probably for the best for now. I may shower every couple days. I'm okay. I'm going to work and school, but you're not okay. Yeah. And then you're having thoughts and then maybe even self-harming if you're cutting, trying to get release if you're ultra empathic. You're noticing urges or tendencies to do that or you're experiencing panic attacks, shifts in sleep, nightmares, things that are out of the norm. Those are all indicators of, hey, you've got something that could probably use some professional support. Mm -hmm. That's pretty normal for me, all those things. Mm -hmm. Right, and you sought help. And that's why you're here. And that's why we love your perspectives. Because you've lived and walked with, right? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Definitely going into the ER, like especially if you're apprehensive. Mm-hmm. They, they take it seriously and they don't make you feel any type of way about it. Nope. They know that it's it's something serious and they're going to help you right then and there. Yep. And they're not going to call the cops or anything like that. Nope. Know that for a fact. Hey, man, also, if you notice like a spike in using your drug of choice, we're like, dude. If you're needing a wake-up call or you're needing a call to tell you to go to bed, that's a problem. Yeah, mental health stuff can absolutely be exacerbated a hundredfold. Okay, so you can get help for both at the same time by walking in to an ER and or any behavioral health hospital near you for immediate. Most counseling centers, like community mental health centers, and there's a good promise We'll have walk-in availability to see somebody immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was trying to think how that ties into gratitude. And um, Go ahead. What do you think? No? <laughs> I'm just trying to connect the dots in my head. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I mean, I think about when um when i have nearly lost someone to suicide how you know grateful and how much gratitude i have that they're still here and i will tell them like i'm glad you're still here i'm glad you're still here you know like yeah 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 uh one one thing that i'm grateful for is the resources couldn't imagine going through what 
have been through, or imagine you going through what you've been through, or you've been through mm-hmm. uh, back in them old times. Mm-hmm. You know, there were spirits in your blood, you need to do some whiskey about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we have, we have, we do have that resource, like, eight, eight, mm-hmm. like we were talking about. Yeah. And good, healthy conversations about mental health is common. I've even heard that there's a, um, I haven't used it, but there's um, an app. I think it's called BetterHelp, but it's for like immediate. Are you familiar with it, Asia? I am, but only in passing. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I've, I've seen their ads on Facebook occasionally when I'm on, but like I haven't. Checked it out. No, yeah, I just either. I'm so busy doing other stuff. You yeah. know, like, but that's I wonder, cool. I wonder about it. Mm-hmm. You know, but it seems like it's like access right on your phone all the time that you yeah, can that's connect. Great. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. I am definitely a fan of instant access. When you need a need met, meet that need. So, be that medical, physical, spiritual. You know. So I love the idea of having constant contact available available that's cool yeah mm-hmm. we have parallel and integrated conversations going so many threads that's kind yeah yeah that's that's one of the goods of social media too you know especially uh where i grew up you know that you were sad it was just you know whatever mm-hmm. Things and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until social media that I found out that I'm not alone. This mm-hmm. is actually a huge cultural thing that a lot of people my age are going through. And, you know, it was good and it was bad. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of things that I shouldn't have. And so, you know, I really didn't know about self harm and stuff like that. Mm. And then learned about it. But then I, 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 the suicide helpline and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, other programs. Yeah. Social media was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a friend who, um, he reaches out pretty regularly if he's struggling on social media. And that's a very vulnerable thing to do. But he'll just say, you know, I'm struggling right now. And, uh, whenever I see that on his, um, page i like reach out i just text him you know like hey man i'm here like if you want to chat or whatever you know or give me a call you know and uh it's not like we talk for an hour or anything but just him knowing that someone cares you know and is there to listen if he wants to talk and you know um yeah so I think that's another, you know, plus of social media. If you, you know, if you feel comfortable, just, you know, reaching out through that, someone will see it, you know, one of your friends will see it or maybe more. And, uh, yeah, just reach out. And definitely normalize reaching out on social media in a healthy way too. To not hold people hostage or, or use it manipulatively or dramatically. That's out of step. You wouldn't do that. You're a good person, right? So use it when you need it. 
and accept the help being offered to you. That's one way for sure. Mm-hmm. And definitely professional help. There's a reason why people go to school and study and have ongoing supervision. And, you know, that's why we have licenses and degrees. And mm-hmm. we've seen this and we see it all the time and we can help. Yeah. And something that I've done in the past is if someone's sharing something that I know is way above my pay grade, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm here to listen, but I, I don't really understand this. Like, you know, scientifically so you should probably talk to somebody that has studied and understands what's going on in your head and like how they can help and that felt right like i wasn't trying to fix them i was just listening and then realizing you should probably you know it'd probably be a good idea for you to talk to a professional and uh yeah so i think that's always something to think about too, because um, it's easy to want to solve someone else's problems. You know, you think like, Oh, if I say the right thing or I just, you know, make the right connection for them, it'll all be better. You know, it's always easier solving someone else's problems. Right. Right. Yeah. But it, sure. yeah, but there's that tendency to want to do that, but yeah, you can really make things worse. I think if you, you know, if you don't point people to, a qualified professional, you know, I mean, maybe. Most people know when they're sharing with their friends and family, you know, I think you, Spirit of Deal Earnhardt for passing this by. And <laughs> super, <Do it> damn. <laughs> get her done. Okay. By the way, Sidebar, y'all. I I can't help it. Jeff Dunham's coming to town yeah. to Indianapolis this, this year. Is he the one with the puppets? Yeah. He's yeah. the puppet guy. The puppet guy. You know, it would be like Make-A-Wish Foundation worthy cool to have Jeff Dunham. I know he's a ventriloquist, but on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> with Ahmed. Be awesome. Talking about boundaries and coping skills from <laughs> Ahmed's perspective. <laughs> okay, that's all. Can someone get this to Jeff? <laughs> Surely everybody has friends, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, speaking of social media, feel free to share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it they say? Pandora's box, share, like, and subscribe. We can I probably can... send it straight to his uh, <laughs> PR. Well, something. I yeah, mean, yeah. his social media, like, like maybe Jeff Dunham is stuck, like listening to podcasts where he's mentioned, <laughs> you know, like his HR to his team. Now it's like, okay, well, you're doing your cardio. Listen to this. And so he has to go through. So, hey, Jeff, we find you to be very funny. Okay, so where were we? <laughs> Kaboom! Attitude of gratitude. So I'm grateful that you guys are all here. Welcome to. Well, we, I know how, how we got to where we were because I was talking about, um, <laughs> about referring people to a professional. When to do that? Yeah. Right. And you said, um, most people know if they're talking to friends or family. Yeah. And then Dale Earnhardt. Do you feel misunderstood or just not all the way heard or like, yeah, but you can, or I can't quite tell you the, the whole part of the story or all the versions? That's when it's time to go talk to someone. 
because you need an outside person that's trained to listen and really listen well. They teach us how to listen. And it is an art Mm -hmm. and a practice. So I highly recommend it. That's when you know. And also, you know, you can decide when you get the most bizarre advice or response or feedback. Like you're, you say, I'm so, I'm, I've, I've been in a rut. I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's fine. It's not fine. I've been in a rut, but it's fine. Right. Um, talk to someone. That's, that's time because you'll get responses like, well, you just need to get out of bed more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you feed the cat? You know, and you're like, no way. But like, I kind of feel like I want to like die some of the times or just go to bed and not wake up. And they say something mm-hmm. like, you're bringing the green bean casserole, right? That's your response. So, like, that's when, you know, like, okay, they're not quite equipped to hear you right now. Thank you. Don't make them wrong or bad. And get in touch with some of the resources available. One of the responses I got <clears throat> was in the culture I grew up in, it was just, you just need to pray more. Like, mm-hmm. I had mental illness. You know, I was suffering from bipolar disorder and had the chemicals were not working right in my brain. And they said, well, you just need to pray more. And I, I don't know that just hit me wrong. Like, I think they were well-intentioned, but I needed like professional help, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't, there's nothing wrong with praying, but sometimes you need more than just that. I think. Yeah. Right. Hence neurology. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. So unless you're a neuroscientist or a neurologist and all of the above, and you've got all the credentials and all the things from all the degrees and all the schools and all the internships in the world, blah, blah, and you come forth and say otherwise, we're going to say, yeah, hey, th- these are real things that it usually does take a combination of evidence-based practices and mental health. So therapy, boo. And medication for most people for a short amount of time most people recover from most things you know give or take within six months with the treatment combination of the two is has had the highest results of success that's correct right and there's many forms and there's so many people that may be resistant right now like no i don't want to go and just get like medicated that's not going to fix it you're right but for right now, it might help as you fix it. We got to get you calm, grounded and centered so that, we, you know, we can address the underlying issues that are very difficult to address while you're in crisis or trauma. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing is like uh, mental and physical, um, you know, ways of addressing it. I'd like to throw out that. There's also the spiritual way of addressing it, which is what they were talking about when they said pray more, which I think is, is a important component of, you know, holistic well-being. So, um, I didn't want to suggest that that was, you know, somehow wrong or something. It, it did help me to pray during that time, but it didn't fix the physical aspect of, and the mental aspect of what was going on, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I have an amazing spiritual teacher, uh, one in particular said that doing spiritual practices became like candy. And I really love that because 
that essentially is a great big, huge component of mental health is how is your spiritual health? And that can be considered just as something as basic yet beautiful as your breath. How are you breathing? How are you breathing right now? Where are you breathing from? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, spiritual practices take on many forms. And so I think all of them are intended to do kind of the same thing, which is um, just connect you with spirit, you know? Like, not just be caught up in the the um, day-to-day, like, physical world, but to remember that there's more than just what we see, you know? Definitely. That's all for today, podcast family. Thank you for listening to another episode of Boundaries and Coping Skills Podcast with our co-host, Logan Retz. Spin Dr. Laura Leachman and our producer and engineer, David Combs. I'm your host, Asia Gray, and you can find us at Asia Gray, that's A-J-A-G-R-A-Y dot com. If you'd like to book a coaching session with me, go to caravancoaching.net, which will take you to the Caravan Coaching Facebook page with more information on how you can have a one-on-one session to help you connect with and pursue your life's purpose. Do you have questions or comments about this episode or a topic you'd like us to discuss in an upcoming episode? We are open to that. Email our producer, David Combs, at davidedwardcombs at gmail.com. If the podcast has added value to your life, donate. (laughs) Donate, 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 donate to help offset our costs at boundariesandcopingskills.com forward slash.